0: Roshni, what's wrong?
1: Tom, I have a script and I don't know what to do with it. Should I burn it? Feed it to my cat?
0: You need some writer's group therapy.
1: Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Ready for your session? The doctors are in. So let's talk about everyone's favorite topic. Well, maybe it's not everyone's favorite topic. (laughs) It's probably Uh, not even a favorite, really. Copywriting. How about this? Let's talk about a necessary evil. Copywriting.
0: (laughs) Yes, another way we writers can spend our money on things that don't actually do anything until we absolutely need it.
1: That's true. It's like preventative medicine right eating your it's it it's is. like eating your veggies copywriting is like eating your veggies yeah so.
0: now now I'll just stay out right up front that you know people always say you got to copyright your stuff and register your stuff because otherwise someone will steal it and I have yet to meet anyone in five years who's ever had something stolen so yes, you need to copyright it you need to register it, but don't be so paranoid that you uh you uh, hide your work from everybody until until you register it. So, yeah. I don't, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing before we delve into the technical stuff about copyright, about stealing ideas, in a way, there really isn't any new idea. You know what I mean? Like, if you were like, oh, only one person can have a love song, there would only be, like, all these artists would never have sung a song. You know what I mean? There, you can't really copyright too many ideas. What you're copywriting is how that idea is executed, you know, outright plagiarism. But I'm sure a lot of people have had, you know, a story about an underdog who makes who makes his way to the big city from a small town to try to make it and falls in love and blah, blah, blah. Come on. Like everybody, you know, everybody has that kind of story, right? Can you so, say
0: vague? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you can't, it's You can't it's copyright execution.
0: something so generic, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like someone stealing your idea, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but hate to break it to you. It's probably been stolen, quote unquote, in some form already because there really isn't anything original. I think they said there's what, like seven plot lines in the entire world. It's just how people spin it is what's new.
0: So how do you copyright something? Well, you can do it online. It's actually fairly easy. Um, It's not too expensive, $35 for a script or a treatment. Um, And there's a a way, uh, once you figure out the system, it's pretty easy to do, and you can create your own templates in their system on the U.S. uh, Patent Trademark Office website where you do the e-copyright filing. And so when you do copyright stuff, you can go back in and reuse your templates. So from a technical perspective, it's not particularly that difficult and once you do your first one then it gets easier and easier so
1: Mm -hmm. now I'll be honest like my copywriting background comes from my music days and not from my screenwriting days and so I have a little bit of a different spin on copyright for scripts and I think that's because as an actor I get scripts all the time and I don't know if they've been usually they might be registered with the writers guild but they're not always copyrighted it with the U.S. government. And I've even sent out scripts and produced scripts that I never copyright. Like, I never sent for copyright.
0: Well, but uh, your script is actually already copywritten once you write it. That's kind of an automatic thing. Registering with the government, yeah.
1: In theory, that's that's true. In theory, when you write something and you save it, like on your computer or something, you have a time, uh, time and day stamp of when you created it. So the in theory, legally, yes, from the moment of creation, it's copywritten. However, if you needed to go in a court and prove it, that's why you send out, you know, the 35 bucks to the copyright offices for that legal, that gives you a leg up in the legal proceedings. Now, for example, when I was doing music, I would play songs all the time. I would test them out on audiences. I wouldn't necessarily send them out for copyright. The only time I would send something out for copyright was when it was actually in published form on a CD. And I would send the collection because now this is going to be different than scripts. Obviously you could send individually each song for 35 bucks, or you could send it as a collection for $35 and just list each song. So I would do it as a collection to save some money, but I would send them the actual finished product. So my thought on copywriting a script is I wouldn't send it out until it's the actual finish. This is the final, final script because I don't want to have to go back and keep paying 35 bucks every time for one little change.
0: Well, if it's one little change, that's a good point. I wouldn't re-register a script unless I made major changes to it. Or in some cases, I actually changed the title. So then I wanted it to be registered under the proper name. So I didn't change anything in that script, and I still had to re-register it because of the name change. So that's an important thing to remember is if you uh, change the name of your story, it's a completely different work now technically. Um, If you change any major characters, any plot lines, um, those are – pretty key things. So if I go through and do a proofreading pass after I've, you know, I've copywritten it and there's some typos and things, I probably won't file a new copyright at that point. Cause those aren't major changes to the script. But if I do send it, if I, if I register it and then I, I send it out and I get some really good feedback and I want to re- do a rewrite. yeah, Then I'm going to want to send out a new uh, file, a new copyright on it. So
1: I mean, I would argue I might not even copyright until I'm like really pitching it, you know, for sale or sending it out to places for contests and fellowship consideration. We did a couple shorts. I, maybe maybe I shouldn't admit this on the air, but we did a few shorts a couple years ago. I did not copyright my two comedies because once we put those on film. That is my proof. It is a published piece right, of work.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So
1: are you going to go head to head and say, I didn't write that? Well, I now have it on film that we did it. So I didn't really see a point. And later on, I d- ended up registering one of the comedies with Writers Guild because I needed to submit it to a contest and they wanted a Writers Guild number. So, OK, I was forced to do it. But I figured, you know what? I filmed my, my pieces. I don't necessarily need – if anything, I would send the film in as a copyright versus the script. Or send it in as a bundled package if if they allow you to do that. Kind of like what I used to do with the CDs. So I would argue if you're just sending it out to have somebody proofread it. Like if I'm sending you a script, you know, you're know, you in my writer's group, you're my friend. I would hope you're not running off with my idea. I probably wouldn't copyright it. I might watermark it, but I probably wouldn't copyright it at that point.
0: No, I'm the same way. I, uh, it all depends. If you're sending it outside to someone you don't know exactly then I would do a copyright, um, at the very least do a WGA registration. Uh, the difference in price is $15, uh, from what I recall. So it's not a major, you know, difference, but if you, if you, uh, want to be sure you have at least registered on one of them before you start sending it out, even if it's early on. Now I did 12 rewrites of my horror film. So, uh, you know, I thought it was done several times. So I filed registrations on it and then (laughs) realized it wasn't done. So, in those cases, you know uh, it's over the course of a co- several years um I've registered it you know two or three times, I think, and there was a name change in there too, in fact, I think I changed the name recently, and I think I haven't filed the new one with the change. I think I have to do that still, so
1: oh my word, that's a yeah, and that's another good point too, because I know a lot of times they say, "Oh, register it with the Writers' Guild and send in the copyright." Well, legally, from what I understand, not that the Writers Guild isn't legit, but if you had to go in court, the one that would hold up is your copyright from the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. So I believe from what I was researching, the Writers Guild one, it does provide proof that it's your work and that you wrote it at this point in time. But if you want absolute, you know, fail-safe, legal um you know, this will always hold up in court, then you copyright it over the writer's guilt.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there is always the uh, poor... Have you heard of the poor man's copyright?
1: Oh, yeah, where you mail it back to yourself.
0: Yeah, mail it to yourself, either registered or certified mail so that there's a, a time date stamp and a and a signature and that kind of stuff. And then don't open it when you get it. Just leave it sealed because then that's your like proof that it, it was sent to you at that date and that's what's in the envelope. So... I did that a few times when I was just starting out writing before I you know, realized it's not that big a deal to you know, file <laughs> with the WGA at least for, for 20 bucks.
1: Yeah. And I think there's other ways, too, of protecting your work. Um, some of them are, you know, I mean, I know, for example, a lot of times they'll watermark scripts, and it's kind of a, a 50-50 practice. I know as an actor if I get a script that's heavily watermarked, it's kind of annoying because I'm trying to read my lines around it. But people will watermark a script and what you do when you watermark it is you don't write your name on it, you write the name of the person you're sending it to. So if I'm sending you a script, I would write, you know, Tom on it. So if it leaks, then I know who leaked it. So you write the name of the person you're sending it to. Um, And another thing that you could do, I've seen people, they'll password protect it. That's also a little bit annoying. But one thing you probably could do as well is have them sign an NDA.
0: Uh, NDA is great if you have a standard form. Um, You're going to get some of those yourself. Every time you send your script out, uh, the people who you want to read it may actually send you a a submission release form. So that's kind of – it's kind of like counteracting your copyright in some ways because they're saying if – uh, we read your we'll read your script. You can't hold us accountable if we happen to be working on something similar in nature. And that's when it becomes kind of a, your copyright versus their submission release because they have this, uh, you know, their attorney fighting your attorney over what was or was not, you know, part of your story that was original that happened to wind up in their story coincidentally. So,
1: yeah. That 's where it gets tricky because again you can 't really copyright an idea. you can copy when you 're copywriting you 're copywriting that dialogue that specific way you expressed that idea, but you know if, if they 're writing different dialogue and it happens to be a fairly similar idea yeah uh, you know it's it 's a gray area it 's hard
0: yeah i mean there's the obvious characters and locations and situations those are the key points that. You know any arbiter or judge is going to look at you know, oh, you know my movie has a a young girl named Hatmus who fights other kids in a in a on a boat and has to be the last one living and it's called the floaty games you know so you know, <laughs> yeah. people are going to look at that and go, hmm, yeah, right, it's original, sure, yeah. so
1: yeah, I mean, and then well, that brings you into the whole this could be a whole other topic but fan fiction mmm. You know, look at Fifty Shades of Grey. That's a very blatant ripoff of Twilight. The only thing she changed was, you know, well, what if they weren't vampires and werewolves? They were just regular people. And I put it in this, uh, you know, world of bondage and submission versus, you know, vampire whateverness. And it, But it's Twilight. It's Twilight. And yet they they published it and, you know, everything and they made movies out of it and everything. But it's fan fiction, and that is a fan fiction is usually yeah maybe a bit of a ripoff of the original work.
0: Yeah, and don't be so you know don't be uh, surprised if your favorite uh, fan film gets sued because that's become kind of commonplace now. the The Star Trek universe has seen several lawsuits over uh, fan run productions that are were you know raised money on a Kickstarter and that kind of thing, you know where the uh, the studio said, "Wait a second. We don't care if you make a film in your backyard or your garage, but hey, if you're going to go out and raise, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to do your little, you know, fan project, then then we're we're push, pushing the limits."
1: Yeah. So, what about for you guys? What's your biggest question about copyright? Let us know at WG Therapy on Twitter. You can also find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. We'll see you next week.